0: You're listening to The Bill Kelly Podcast. Here's your host, Bill Kelly. And welcome to The Bill Kelly Podcast, a critical conversation in a critical time. I'm your host, Bill Kelly, and uh, it's good to be behind the mic once again after my rather sudden departure from terrestrial radio. We are back, and uh, we are back to talk about issues uh, a, a wide range of issues that we're going to get into in just a couple of minutes. But before I do that, just a, a quick look back, if we could. Uh, as I say, a rather sudden departure, but that's uh, the state of broadcasting these days. And I'm going to talk about that in greater detail. Uh, but the, the feedback, uh, the response that we got from from that decision from that company uh, towards m- me and 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 the efforts that we put forth uh, was was truly touching and and overwhelming, really. Uh, hundreds upon hundreds of responses uh, on social media, phone calls, emails, uh, saying I'm going to be missed. Well, <laughs> I'm back, so I appreciate that. But words like trusted, honest, and fair were, we're pretty common among many of those comments. And, and those are the hallmarks. Those are the things that I always try to do in my broadcasting career, and I'm going to continue to do that now uh, with our podcast, A Critical Conversation in a Critical Time. And we are, as we have done in the past, of course, bring you uh, interesting guests, uh, newsmakers of the day, people who will comment on the newsmakers of the day and the news of the day, as we have done, and I look forward to those conversations with you as well. Uh, which means that it's time to swing back just a little bit, because uh, it, it appears that that uh, that what happened in my circumstances, what's happened to the circumstance of a lot of very, very talented broadcasters over the last little while. And it goes all the way back to the state of the broadcast industry these days. Now, you know the backdrop on this because it's been a news story. Even if you're not associated with broadcasting, uh, the owners of, of the major broadcasting institutions in this country uh, have gone cap in hand to the federal government time and time again, saying, give us money. We're losing money. Uh, you know, we're, we're, Bleeding money to social media facebook and, and and Twitter or X, as you want to call it these days, as Elon calls it uh, are, are taking our content and they 're repeating it and they 're selling that content and we 're losing revenue and and there is certainly a valid argument to that now, as to how the federal government's going to respond well we 've seen some of that action already with two very very controversial pieces of legislation, and uh you 've seen the pushback uh, from Google and from Facebook they are now blocking. Uh, your access to uh, Canadian content there, news content. And uh, that's going to cause an awful lot of consternation. And as we've talked about before, uh, this is not the first time they've tried to do that. Uh, Some months ago, Australia enacted similar legislation to what the Canadian government has just done. And they, Facebook and and Twitter, they had a hissy fit then too and said, that's it, we're not going to allow content. But there was such a pushback to that that eventually they acquiesced. And I guess this is a staring match that's going on right now. Uh, between uh, the federal government here in Canada and certainly some of the social media platforms. I I don't know who's going to blink first, Uh, but that's a topic that we'll get into another day when one of them finally looks as if they're going to blink. But the damage that's being done here, I'd like to say is not irreparable, but we've seen some some pretty significant cracks and and, and a lot of bleeding in, in the broadcast industry these days. And it's yes indeed uh very much involved in how social media has uh, has well milked some of the content from uh, our broadcasting institutions but the reaction and the and the behavior of the broadcasting institutions themselves i think also has to be part of this equation uh they seem as if they are they're the victims here and there's a part to be played here and and what has happened and you've seen it happen over the last number of years is with a loss of revenue because of this, uh, the institutions, the broadcasting companies, radio, television, and newspaper for that matter, seem to think that the best way to, to try to address the lack of revenue is to fire people. Uh, let's, you know, let's face it, you know, the biggest expense we've got, of course, is, is salaries and benefits. If we can chop a lot of that, then that's going to improve our bottom line. And whether you agree or disagree with that formula, there seems to be an element of that that the broadcasting institutions seem to have ignored or have certainly understood but just said, to hell with it. And that's the people that are being let go. And yes, they are humans, and they all have their human stories, and and that needs a a discussion in and of itself. But there's a very elementary piece to this that, that is seemingly overlooked here. And that's the, the, the listener, the reader, the, the, the consumers of broadcasting industries. And they apparently are, are the ones who are suffering here, and they're the ones that are making the decision to go someplace else. And there's a very good reason for that. When the institutions themselves, and you know their names, uh, you know, they own all the major radio stations, television stations, etc., and suit newspapers in some cases. When they fire somebody, lay them off, I mean, use whatever you want here, euphemism for it, but they're gone. It hurts the product, and that's what this is, whether you're talking about a radio station, television network TV station, whatever the case might be, or a columnist in a newspaper. the product is what's in the paper, what's on the air, or what's being broadcast on the on the television station it's not it's not the people in the ivory towers that are making these decisions. The Canadian consumer whether it's in Vancouver, Halifax, Hamilton, Toronto, wherever, listen to a certain radio station or watch a certain TV station or read a certain paper because of the people that are there, the, the talent, the broadcasters, the hosts. They're not concerned at all with the people that run the company. There, there's a bond here that has developed. and This is not new. This has been going on since Marconi, I think, started the first radio stations Well, and, and, and the subsequent television stations and everything else the listener or the viewer, whatever the case might be, develops a bond with that talent, with that newscaster, with that, that television host, that radio host, whatever the case might be. And it doesn't happen overnight. There's a loyalty that's developed there, and that the loyalty is based on well, some of the stuff that we just talked about a couple of minutes ago. They want to trust that individual. Uh, they want to know that they're going to get the, what, the information that they want. They know, they'd like to think that the that there's going to be some fairness involved in this. But it's it's a matter of, of, of people tuning in every day because they know what they're going to get and they feel comfortable with that person because they're going to get what they consider to be a good product. Now, that can vary, of course, if you're talking about a political uh, element or a politically driven show. Of course, political attitudes and biases are going to fa- factor into that. But we've seen that even today, haven't we? People that are of a certain political sway persu- persuasion, uh, t- say, small C conservative, tend to gravitate towards conservative-oriented hosts or TV stations, whatever the case may be, and vice versa for these small L liberal types. But that's that loyalty, and that's that comfort level that they've got. All right, They don't have a comfort level with the vice president in charge of whatever who's making these decisions. It's the television host. And if the networks continue to do what they're doing right now, and, and letting those hosts go for whatever reason, restructuring. I mean, again, there we go with the wording wordsmithing on this. That bond is broken, and that viewer, that consumer of that product is going to go someplace else and say, well, to hell with you guys then. If, you, if you've if you taken away that trusted individual that, that I relied on day in and day out, then I'm going to go someplace else. And, and the, the, the short answer to that, the quick answer to that now, is social media. The point I'm trying to make here. Is that broadcasting institutions themselves are in part culpable here yes it's 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 something that has to be addressable, you know what what's going to be happening with Facebook and the fact that they can take content from a newspaper or a radio station and repost it and then sell that to to advertisers i, I think that's wrong uh it's It's something that needs to be addressed. I don't know if the federal legislation actually does that, but and we'll talk about that on a future show. But the, the the broadcasters themselves are not putting the best possible product out there. They're basically throwing people under the bus because they might cost too much. But that's the listener. That's the listener. This is this is what I, I think it really galls me. And and yes, it's happened to me. But it's happened to other people too. Uh, and you know the big names that, that were uh, are involved in this. Of course, the Lisa LaFlamme and and others. But there are hundreds, if not thousands, of other very talented broadcasters. And journalists and writers who have suffered the same fate. You don't get their names. You don't always hear their names, but it diminishes the industry and it diminishes the quality of the product in that industry. And and that's something that they don't seem to want to acknowledge. That you've you've got to have that basis. And and radio, which was been my daily work for fifty years now, I think I think is a classic example of that. Traditional media like radio and television and and, and newspapers it's a long-term relationship between the consumer and that entity, whether it's a newspaper or radio station. You don't get that loyalty overnight. No, You've got to earn it each and every day. And once you've earned it, and it takes time, and, and you know, not everyone does it as well as some of the others do, but once you have established that relationship where listeners in the radio situation tune in day in and day out, to consume that product and listen and hopefully be entertained, but at the same time, maybe learn a thing or two. That's a, that's a strong foundation for that, that listener broadcasting or, or journalist relationship. Once you take that person who established that relationship out of the market, bingo, they're gone. And they have options now that they didn't have 20, 25 years ago. You know, if, if, if your favorite radio host all of a sudden gets blown out for whatever reason, Uh, you had to go find another radio station and you may or may not be able to do that you may or may not find one that's going to suit your comfort level but that was then and this is now now with the advent of social media you can find whatever you want wherever you want whenever you want you've got an unlimited choice here so once you've severed that connection broadcasters they're gone they're gone and as we found out in, in in radio and television and in print and journalism, whatever the case might be, once they leave you, they're not coming back, because they're angry at you for for, for breaking that relationship, and they're going to stay with something else. And th- th- there's a. a just a, a strong oversight here with broadcasting. And I don't think it's going to get fixed overnight because, uh, to do that, they, first of all, well, to use that old phrase, you can't fix a problem until you finally acknowledge that there is a problem. And they don't seem to think that they just saying, Hey, federal government, give us more money, give us more money, block these guys, penalize these guys. And then we're going to be happy. Well, th- it's not going to happen that way. It's not going to fac- be effective and it's not going to be successful. They've got to understand that they've got to rework things, too. Everybody changes. We get that. And there are some severe challenges to the broadcasting industry these days because of that. And and there are still some that are predicting its demise. And that might happen. I mean, I can't sit here today and say, Oh, no, that's never going to happen. Uh, and I understand that, you know, with the advent of television, they said radio is dead. With the advent of, of, of a number of different uh, immediate uh, changes and, and improvements to broadcasting, well, who's going to listen to AM radio? And then who's going to listen to FM radio? Well, they, they survive because you have to pivot and say, Okay, fine. I'm going to go for what they call niche marketing. I want this group, this demographic to believe that this is where we have to get our information. But you're not alone now, broadcasters. You've got the Internet, and therein lies the problem. And and these guys know how to play the game, and, yeah, they've got a lot of the cards in their, on their side of the table right now. So I, I, I can't sit here today and say, well, here's the solution that's going to make everybody happy. Uh, there are going to be winners, and there are going to be losers. And the listeners, the broadcasters, families uh, that that do this and have done this for some time really have to get their heads around the fact that they're going to have to basically shift and, and try to accommodate the changes that are going on. And that's why so many people in my industry that have spent so many years in terrestrial radio uh, are now starting to shift and now, now this is not my first time of course on on social media i mean we've been blogging we've been uh doing podcasts for the longest time here uh through this radio station for which I was employed uh but that's gone and and so many of my colleagues people that I've been in the business with for many many years, have moved to this this platform because it's it's it can be fun uh it's it's uh, i think a more intimate relationship. It's a one-on-one, and we've tried to establish that. But, I mean, when you're on uh, broadcasting in terrestrial radio, AM stations, FM stations, things of that nature, uh, there are guardrails, as there should be, by the way, about what can and can't be done, uh, what can and can't be said. And uh, there are, shall we say, fewer guardrails uh, where we're broadcasting from right now. But that gives us opportunities. And I think that's why you've seen such a, a rise in the popularity of so many different podcasts these days. Uh, Different topics for different organizations. Um, You don't have to pay thousands and thousands of dollars for a broadcasting license, uh, but you should if you want to get a a listenership and if you want to entertain people and inform people. You've got to know what you're talking about. And uh, not everybody does. So you, as the consumer, have to be choosy. And you have the, the opportunity to be choosy to see where you're going to go and what you're going to listen to. And and I think that's where we're looking at right now. And I think that's the, the kind of attitude and the kind of foundation that we want to do for our podcast going forward here. Uh, we're going to cover a lot of things. I, I, I love politics, and of course we're going to talk a lot of politics. This is a very, as the title of our show says, a very critical time in politics, globally, certainly, internationally, absolutely, and locally. Um, you know, your town, your province, uh, your country, uh, there's a lot going on here right now, and uh, and we need to talk about this. And and the concern that a lot of us have, and and you know, if we're looking at the pluses and minuses of podcasts, if you are clinging to one particular broadcast uh, in the podcasting uh, array universe, such as it was, uh, I don't know that that's such a healthy thing. You need to get a variety of opinion, and then make up your own mind about what's going on. Uh, so I'm going to bring people on the show that I don't always agree with because I think I I, I have a, a responsibility to bring other voices and other opinions to our, our listeners, and I'm going to continue to do that. If that's one of the hallmarks of the, the broadcasting uh, stations that I've worked at in the last little while is we don't just be, want to be single-minded about this, and we're going to continue to do that. And we're going to bring you interesting guests and uh, give you that, that, that platform for that dialogue. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll disagree from time to time. That's that's healthy. Things are boring if all everything you listen to and everything that you say or people tell you is of the same opinion. There's a lot going on here right now, uh, and and we want to cover as much of it as we can in the next uh, well little while that we're doing this broadcast. So uh, as always, we look forward to your input. Uh, I'm glad you found us, and uh, we're here for the long run, and uh, we look forward to to numerous conversations with you about the issues of this day and uh, as we mentioned these are very very uh, dangerous times we found ourselves not too long ago on, on at the precipice of war we didn't know what was going to happen we still don't know what's going to happen because of the war in ukraine uh we don't know what's going to happen with forest fires uh, just as we sit here with this particular uh, edition of the podcast uh there's word now that as we are starting into the waning days of summertime and moving into the fall uh, medical experts are telling us that there could be another variation of COVID uh, that's going to be coming with us again this fall and this winter. Don't know what that entails, but it's out there. And as that story develops and as all these other stories develop, including the fact that there's going to be an election in the United States, Donald Trump's trials, there's so much to cover, so many different details that need to be broadcast and need to be, uh, I think, put forth for you. And we're so happy to have this platform and we continue to do it all the time. So thank you so much for this and uh, we'll catch you next time. This is Bill Kelly, a critical conversation in a critical time. This podcast was brought to you by Rebecca Wizens and her team at Wizens Law. Rebecca Wisons is a 20-time winner of the Hamilton Reader's Choice Awards for their exceptional client care and legal practice specializing in personal injury, car accidents, accidental falls, and Wilson Estates. Now, if you or a loved one have been seriously injured or if you want to make sure that your family is taken care of for the future with the will and powers of attorney, call Rebecca Wizens 905-522-1102 for a free consultation. When life happens, you can rely on Rebecca Wisons and Wisons Law. And trust me, Rebecca is my wife, and I don't know what I'd do without her. That's Wizen's Law, 905-522-1102 for a free consultation. Subscribe to my Substack for timely news updates and commentary straight to your inbox. Let's keep the conversation going. I'd love to hear your thoughts on today's episode. Let me know what you think we should be talking about next by contacting me through my website at www.billkelly.co. Thanks for tuning in. This is Bill Kelly. Till next time, you take care.